Matthew, it's so good to have you back. Come on up here. Say hi to Matthew. And uh, let's make sure the microphone's working. Yeah, it's working. Yeah, you can ah, we're good. good. Okay. Now, before you uh, get into what the Lord put on your heart, could you let the people know a little bit about yourself, your family, where you came from, sure. how you got into what you're doing? Yeah. I'm going to go sit down. So okay. I just wanted Thank you to, you. Lord bless you. Thank you. God Thanks bless for you. being here. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor, so much. It's such an honor to be with all of you, each one of you. I'm honored to speak to each one of you today. Thank you for having me here. Now, I'm a missionary. I, uh, God just called me to go to the nations, and I went. I, didn't, I, I just took him at his word and started going. And 23 nations later, I'm still yeah. going. And 11 years later, I'm still full-time in the Philippines, and I just keep going. And Jesus said, go, and I said, okay, yes, I'll go, and I'm still going. And my family, my wife Emily, we've, we're going to be, when I get back, I'm only, I'm here this month without her. When I get back, we're going to celebrate our 10 years being married, and uh, yes, ha happily married. And uh, we have one son, Elijah, he's seven, so... You can do the math. We waited even to you know do that before we got married. Please do that if you're single. So, um, and uh, <laughs> that, was, that wasn't in my notes, but I had to say it. So, um, truly, thank you, thank you so much for praying for me and supporting us. And we just really are thankful. I I can't begin to put into words how thankful I am to be home this time. I'm going to tell you a story later that you'll understand why. And I I just. God is good to me to bring me here. And my wife and son weren't able to come this time because it's, it it's very disruptive to our ministry to have us all come at the same time. And so anyways, thank you so much for praying for us and supporting us. So this morning, I'm going to talk about the power of the gospel and how important it is to apply the power when we present the gospel. And, you know, so many times we... We, we, we evangelize, and it's very important to bring the word, but there's more than just bringing the word. And I, I just want to give you a verse this morning to, to share with you, but first I want to pray, Lord, we just thank you for this service. I pray, God, your anointing would move. People would be empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you're, you would just move in people's hearts and inspire the people here and, and impart to the people here the message today, the word of God will go forth in their hearts, God. I pray you just bless them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, Romans 15, verses 18 to 21. It says, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, and I'll just stop there. So basically, Paul is talking about how he preaches the gospel. He doesn't, he doesn't just preach by word, but word, the word's very important. You must preach with word, yes. You must use the word when you preach the gospel. And if you look, it says here, word, and that, that's the logos of God. That's the, I'm sure you know all that. But you must always use the word of God when you preach. There is no gospel without the word of God. The word of God is the foundation of everything. Everything we believe is based in the word of God. Whether you have a digital version on your phone or this, you better make sure your life lines up, your message lines up, your doctrine lines up. Everything must line up with the word of God or you're off. 
And you've got to get back on track and get back in your foundation of the word of God. And your, your doctrine can't be based on your worship songs. I love worship songs. But you can't base your doctrine. You, you can't live life and stand through worship songs. You must know this, memorize this, have this in your heart. So you will not get off. Because the enemy's always trying to pull us off, throw us off. And you're like, well, they're off. Well, why don't you look at yourself? Does your, do you line up with the word of God? Does your life line up with the word of God? Does your message line up with the word of God? Ooh. And all of it, not just the ones you like, not just the scriptures you like, make sure they all line up. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let that correction happen, too. Don't just take the, don't just take the blessings. Take the corrections. Ooh, sorry, I'm, I'm stepping on toes, and I love you. Please don't, don't be offended. And then the second thing that Paul said in this verse, he said, by word and then by deed. Deed, that's work. And that word there is ergon. It's in, it's in the Greek. And that means, basically what that word means is work. And the gospel, you can't be lazy when you give the gospel. It takes work. It takes work to get on an airplane and fly to another country and get on the ground and, and go, go through a disaster-ravaged community and give out rice to people when they lost everything. And all you have is a bag of rice to give them. But you know what? If you just give those people the word without love, without a bag of rice, they're not going to listen to you. You don't love them. That's not love, showing up with just the word. I mean, the word's love, yes, but, you know, their house just burned down. Am I going to go there and just start preaching to them and praying for, oh, God bless you? No, I'm going to give them something. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to help dig through their, the rubble and help recover their items for them. I'm going to go in there and give them rice to eat. I remember we were doing disaster relief. Recently, a whole community burned down. It was terrible. 200 houses. And the houses are not like what you, not these houses. And we know what fires are like here, too. It's terrible. We've had it happen here. But there, their houses are just side by side with no firewall. So when one house catches on fire, they all catch on fire. And they're wood, and they're just shanties. So they lose, and they have nothing, and they lose everything, and they still have nothing. I mean, it is so devastating to see them, but they just recover. They're amazing. They have very, they're very strong people. And I remember one family, they're, they're sitting under, they put some tarp up over their, where their spot was, and they, they had a, a little fire in their, their pot. And one family, they, they were just, we gave them rice. They put it directly into the pot. They were that hungry. They didn't even have rice for lunch, and we gave them rice, and they literally just uh, thank you, and they put it right in the pot. That's the kind of ministry we're doing out there. It's not, you know, it's different than, you know, this uh, entitled entitlement thing. <laughs> That's not what we're dealing with over there. We're dealing with real needs and real people that really need love. They need people to work. The gospel is not just word, but it's also work. And the Bible talks about it many times about it in James 2.26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You say you have faith, but do it. Ergon, the word there is ergon again, the same word. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works, without ergon is dead also. And James 1.22, be doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's a form of deception if you don't do what you believe. It's a form of deception. We must stay true to the word of God. 
Get to work. The kingdom needs you. You can't expect your pastor to do everything. Help him out. Go into the community and love on these people. They need the gospel. It doesn't matter how hard they are and how rejected you might get when you preach to them. They need the love of God. Whether they, whether they know it or not or whether they receive it or not, you still need to do the work. And when your pastor calls you to action, go to action. Don't excuse it. Oh, that's just for the younger people. I'm already too old. Don't do that. I mean, I, I love you. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm between the young and the old. I'm, I'm 45, so I can, I, can, you know, I can touch everybody. So, you know, when you're young enough and you have the energy to do it, please do it. And when you're old enough to have the wisdom to do it, please continue doing it because we need people to tell us how to do it. <laughs> so get to work. Don't, don't go, oh, that was, that was, that, that was my, I did my time. If I did that, you know, I've done a lot. I've got 11 years full-time in the Philippines. I could just say, you know what? I already did my job. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go find a good-paying job and make sure I get my, I don't have to pray for my rent every month, which I do, by the way. Pray for my rent every month. And God answers it. Sometimes, sometimes it's real close there, but it does come every month. So, hallelujah. <laughs> Even this month, I'm, thank you, Lord, it's coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> but get to work. Hallelujah. Now, let me get to the, the meat of the message here. The third point is, signs and wonders is what Paul said in that verse. You must operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel here? It says here, it is the power. It says, it is the power of God and the salvation. That word there is dunamis, and that means Holy Spirit power. That's the same power that we received in the day of Pentecost, dunamis. It is the, the gospel is the power. You don't get transformed by just simply believing in Jesus in your mind. The, the Lord does more than that. The faith inside of you transforms you into another creature, your new creation in Christ. When you're born again, you change through the power. It's not just, oh, I just mentally ascended to a higher place and I believe in Jesus. No, you are transformed. When God takes you and redeems you from going to hell to heaven, you are transformed. It's a free gift by grace of God. You don't have to do any work. You just have to receive that transformation by faith. There's no work involved in being transformed. Now, I said you have to work. That's not for your salvation. That work that I was talking about is Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So how many of you love Jesus? So wait a minute. So what, is that, what if you don't do his commandments? What does that say about you? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You can be saved by him, and you can go to heaven without doing one work. But if you love Jesus, you'll do it. So we should love Jesus, right? How many of you are crazy in love with Jesus, like, like your pastor said? So that means, that means it's time to crazy get, get in, in obedience and crazy get to work, okay? <laughs> All right? Be crazy in love with Jesus enough to get to work. If you love me, you keep my commandments. Hallelujah. But back to the power of the gospel. Dunam, the, dunamis, the word dunamis here, it means... Power, might, and strength. Miraculous power, might, and strength. And the gospel is power. 
And if you preach a powerless gospel, is that even the gospel anymore? Because it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power. So if you don't have the power, what do you have? The good news gospel, the good news is there's power. So we must present the gospel with power, or it's half of good news. What's half of good news? It's just news. <laughs> so the gospel is good news, and the good, part, the good part of the news is there's power. Hallelujah. And we should be walking in power. Acts 1.8, for you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I get to do the ends of the earth part. I'm there. I'm there. I, I've been all over the world to the ends of the earth. There's places I want to go that I haven't been. I, I'm going, you know, you know what? I'm excited. I can barely stay inside my socks right now. I'm so excited. I am going to a tribe that just recently heard the gospel. This, when I get back, when I land in the Philippines, within five days after I get back, I'm going to do a family camp for a tribe that just recently heard the gospel for the first time. The, 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 my friend found this tribe in the jungle in my island, and we're going there. We're going, we're going four-wheel driving. You know, all these guys, that they spend all their time building their truck and lifting their truck and putting these tires on there, and they're like, oh, I went to this place. No, you don't understand. I'm not misdirecting that. I'm using it for God's kingdom. I'm taking the four-wheel drive and going to the nations and reaching people that need to be reached. And those of you four-wheel drive guys, come with me. Teach me how to do it right. I need help. Come, come on, let's go do this. We can, instead of just saying, oh, we got this mountain place, we're this remote. Come on. I've, my, <laughs> I see people, they just spend all their energy on that stuff. Take that hobby and redirect it for the kingdom. God gave you those gifts to use for his kingdom, not to sit there and just, oh, let me buy another adjustable shock. <laughs> we, there's, God gifted you with that gift. Use it for his kingdom. We can, you know, or, or go on the reservation and go reach some of the Native American people with the, that gift you have. Use it for God's kingdom. Get to work. Hallelujah. Hmm. 1 Corinthians 4.20 it says, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. We should be walking in power when we preach the gospel. It's not just talking. I mean, listen, I went to Bible college. I got an A in systematic theology. I don't know what to do with systematic theology, but I got an A in it. <laughs> I, I mean, it's good to have doc. I'm, don't get me wrong. We need to study to show ourselves approved unto God, and I, and I did all that. But when I'm out in the jungle... I never have used systematic theology. I, but it keeps me grounded, of course. I know I'm not off. I know my doctrine. But when I'm in the jungle, I just, basic verses. I mean, I memorized 500 verses when I was, I mean, when I was in master's commission back in the, I mean, I, the word of God's important. But it's not, we don't need to talk about it and debate about it. I remember when I was real young. Hallelujah. I'm not still young anymore, but I'm still young. Hallelujah. But I was in Mill Avenue, down. ASU campus, preaching the gospel on the streets. And I was full of pride. I was full of myself. And I wasn't displaying the love of God, but I, was, I knew the word of God. And I was down there telling people about Jesus, getting in debates with people about Jesus, winning the debate. I mean, I was brilliant mind. I, I was a chess player from eight years old. I could just own somebody in a debate. And I would, I would walk away full of pride going, I won that debate. But I lost the person because I was wrong. And I was full of myself. 
We can't win people to Jesus by talking to them. We, need to, we talk to them, and then we display the love and the power. We must show love and talk. You can't, you can't just do one and not the other. You have to do it with love and love people, care about their situation, and win them to Jesus through the love and the power. Mark 16, 20, they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. You know, when signs and wonders confirm the gospel, people get saved. That is just a, it just happens. I mean, people, when you preach the word of the, the, preach the word and see the power move, it works every time. I was in, I'm going to tell an old story here. I was in Thailand in 2004, 2005, after the big tsunami. You guys remember that big news item, 200,000 people died? And we were there working, <laughs> loving people, doing disaster relief. And we came across an old man through the love of Jesus, just through the love without the power displayed in his life. He received Jesus. He was old, blind in one eye. His wife was a Buddhist, thought he was a fool. Why would you serve Jesus? We don't have a house. We've lost everything. You have one eye. Why, why, why would you decide to serve this God that we just heard about? I went to pray for him, laid hands on his eye. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this eye to open by the authority of the stripes of Jesus, I be healed. And guess what happened? His eye got healed, and he could see. And not only that, hallelujah, his eye opened up, and he could see. And I had a real loud shirt with polka dots. He got, I can see the pattern of your shirt, he said, and he was all excited about the shirt. And I ended up giving the shirt to him, I think. But, but, but his wife saw the miracle, and she decided to serve Jesus and become a Christian as well. Hallelujah. See, it's not just to show off God's power, but to bring people into the kingdom. That's why we have the power, is the power transforms lives. Hallelujah. The salvation, the same power that healed that man's eye is the same power that brings salvation. We need to be walking in power, in dunamis power. And I'm not any different than you. I'm the same. I'm from Arizona, born and raised in Arizona, came from a dysfunctional family, probably like you did. <laughs> I just chose to say yes to God, and God's using me. I mean, I got the training, I did the discipleship, all that stuff, but so can you. And you don't have to spend so much time, just, you know, just do, go and do it with me, hallelujah, we need to reach people for Jesus. I was at a prayer, I, you saw some of the pictures there of the big prayer events when I, on the slideshow. Hopefully you noticed that. There were big crowds. And, and I got to preach to a pretty sizable crowd there. And on the way home, I was driving my old Ford down the, down the hill. It was about a two-hour drive or three-hour drive or something. And I had the team of leaders from the prayer gathering in my car. And the, this girl sitting next to me had, they, they, they told me she needed healing while I'm driving. And in the Philippines, driving is, it's, not like here. <laughs> it's not like, I mean, driving in Los Angeles is like a break from driving in the Philippines, okay? It's, it's, it's really wild. And I'm driving down the mountain, and these trucks just go off the mountain there. I mean, stuff happens. You just, it's really wild. So I'm driving down the mountain. I'm the driver. I got a whole, I mean, an expedition loaded with passengers. And I'm going down the mountain, and they tell me, this girl next to you needs healing. They said she got a dental op dental something. They put some brace on her, and the dentist made a mistake. 
and the, her jaw got moved backwards to pinch her, her um, what do you call it, the breathing part, the trachea or whatever you call it, her, the breathing part of her, yeah, the, the air, air pipe, whatever you call it. But, but you know, normal, normal uh, Dr. Candace can help me, whatever you call it, but trachea. So the trachea is normally about this size, right, like two fingers. So hers was now like a pinky. From the, from, they, they explained that to me. The Filipinos explained to me. So, so that's why I can't come up with the English. So, <laughs> but, so she was having a hard time breathing, and she came by faith to the prayer gathering, and she didn't really receive a healing at the prayer gathering. It was three days of fasting and praying, and she was still struggling. And they said, Kuya, Matt, that means Brother Matt, would you please pray for her? So I, just, I, I start praying for her while I'm driving, and I'm thinking, wow, this is really distracting. And I, I, I start praying, and then the Lord says, why don't you wait till you get to Dava to pray for her? So we drive down the mountain. I have to rush somebody to the airport. They've got to catch a flight, get them to the airport, get them, then I get the rest of the team to the hotel. We're in this previously paved road in front of their little cheap hotel, and the road is just beat up. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm unloading baggage from my vehicle to get them into their hotel. The girls and the guys are all going, you know, in their separate rooms and all that. And I'm unloading in the street, and the Lord reminded me, you need to pray for her. And I, oh, I'm like, can I pray for you? She's wearing her backpack in the street. Got her ba bags are all out in the street. And I just, can I pray for you now? And she's like, yes. So I pray for her in the street. Okay, not in the church. There's no beautiful music playing. This is in the street in the Philippines where there's smog. And it's, I lay hands on the girl, and she gets knocked out in the Holy Spirit. She's wearing a backpack. She starts falling. There's no catchers. I had to grab her and hold her up in the street while one of our friends took the backpack off of her. She's knocked out in the Holy Spirit. And I had to pick her up with the help of the other guy. We put her in the back of the car. <laughs> we turned the air conditioner on the car because she's just out. And I'm sitting in the front seat. She's sitting in the back. The other gentleman's up in the front. And she's just lost in the Holy Spirit. And we let the Holy Spirit work on her. And while she was there, she suddenly said, Kuya Matt, I feel my jaws moving. And I look back at her, and she's kneeling. The Filipinos are tiny, you know, they can kneel in the back of an expedition. She's like, I don't know how she did it, but, but she was kneeling in the back of the expedition, and I watched her jaw. Her face started changing shape in front of me. Her jaw grew out like an inch. Like, I watched her jaw moving forward, and I'm uh, slowly, it was real slow. And I'm watching her face change. And she's like, I'm like, what's, can you breathe? He's like, yeah, I can breathe. It, it, it was like, I watched this girl's face change, right? In front. I couldn't recognize her face. When, when the Lord was done with her, she looked like a different lady. It was so amazing. I mean, God is moving. If you just will pray and ask God to touch people, he will do it. He's just waiting for you to apply your faith. He's, he's eager to heal. He wouldn't have paid for our healing by his stripes if he didn't want people healed. Why would he have done that? So what, what, why are we not seeing the miracles? It's because we, aren't, we need to apply our faith. And then we'll see the miracles. We need to go and pray and take the chance. Well, what, what, if, what if they don't get healed when I pray? Well, what if they do get healed when you pray? Hallelujah. That's better, right? Take the chance. It's okay to look like a fool if necessary. And then that girl, she went home to Manila and she sent me the doctor's report. And the doctor medically verified that she had these, you know, doctors talking in like a different way, I know. And she's like, 
they were like, before we, it, she showed me the original report, we recommend a surgery to correct this, and then she, the next, uh, this, this patient no longer has the symptoms of this problem, like, <laughs> you know, but medically verified miracle, guys. It wasn't just some, you know, me, you know, you get people, you question them, like, did they really get healed or not, and, you know, and you question some healing evangelists, too, like, are they, are they for real? But God's power is real, and, and we had a medically verified miracle to prove that God's power is real, if those of you that need that. I don't need that anymore. You know, I used to get surprised when people got healed. Now I get surprised when people don't get healed because I believe for healing every time. That's just how I, how I live now. Now, the second, I have another, I'm just going to give you another verse. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1. This applies to me very real. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. I'm going to tell this story the best way I can. Without, I'm going to try not to get choked up because it's one of those stories. I was able to, I'll just try to abbreviate it. We were able to take 2,500 Bibles to an area that didn't have Bibles. In their language, we got 40 churches to gather on the east coast of Mindanao to receive Bibles. We got 2,500 Bibles to them in their language. And that's powerful. And one young lady, when she received her Bible, this is a youth, okay, a youth. She said, Kuya Matt, that's Brother Matt, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have a Bible. And she started crying. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have a Bible. I'm thinking, Where's that hunger? We need that hunger here. I mean, I was able to take a Bible to hungry people. We got Bibles in 40 churches, hallelujah, for people that are hungry. But on the way home, the enemy wasn't too happy about it. The enemy was really mad. You know, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's, his, that's, his, that's what he does. So on the way home from that trip, I was... I had the pastor's daughter and her sister. The pastor's daughter is a woman of God. She's, she's, a, you know, she's a lady, and uh, she's probably like my age, and, and her sister was with me. And we went to go meet the senior pastor who was, I was going to meet him on the farm, which was in a remote area south of there, about two hours. So she's like the assistant pastor, and I'm with, with the other lady, and they're in the back of the car, and I'm driving down to the farm. I go to the farm to wait for this old pastor, the senior pastor. He's 76. He has given everything for the gospel, and unfortunately, his legs were done, like he couldn't walk, and he was just coming from the hospital, so he wasn't able to be at the Bible distribution. So I was going to meet him on the family farm. When he got to the farm, shortly after he arrived, this, his daughter-in-law came screaming off the highway, came, came running on the back of a motorcycle, jumped off the motorcycle, came running up to us, screaming beside herself in terror. And she said, the NPA are coming. And what that means is the NPA are the communist rebels. And right now we're under martial law in southern Philippines. We've got communists in that area and Muslims in the other area. It's the Wild West. It's, it's wild. But this woman was completely petrified. I've never seen the face of terror like that. Her face was, I mean, there's no more blood in her face. I mean, she was so petrified. She could barely form the words. And she's, the NBA are coming. And she, she, was, she was running to her house to get her family out of there. And she saw I was there and saw that, you know, the pastor, you know, her, her father-in-law was there. And she's like, get out of here. The NBA are coming. So I turned my vehicle around. 
and I'm and they're like, get out of here. I'm like, no, I got to get Pastor Pazone, the old man. We're trying to get him. He can't walk. We're getting him into the back of the car, and they're diving in the car. Their shoes flying all around the back of my car. It was, real, it was a panicky situation. And I'm waiting for the others to get in, and they're, they're too busy trying to collect things. And the Holy Spirit just said, go. I mean, I, you just, I, I don't know how I knew, but it was just go. And I gunned it. I took off. And I started driving away. And with a, within a few seconds after I left, five guys with guns came and surrounded the pastor's son and, and held, pointed at him, pointed their guns at him and robbed him of everything. And in that country, they, they take, the foreigners are known, they, it's, a, it's a very terrible thing that they kidnap foreigners and they hold them for ransom. And some, many times the foreigner never comes out alive. And I got away by seconds. And you see, your prayers may have saved my life that day. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for, you know, these prayer magnets. Please take these and really pray for me, okay? They're out there and pray. Because, you know, I might be alive right now because you might have been looking in your refrigerator and trying to get a midnight snack and said, oh, God, protect those people. Because God protected me that day. And And on the way out of there, you know, I didn't know how big the, up, the, the thing was, but it, basically when the military and the police responded, one of the policemen got shot. Um, he wounded, like wounded by a gunshot wound, and uh, he survived. But, I mean, it was a gunfight. It was a battle. Thankfully, the pastor's son got released. But on the, uh, after an hour of being held hostage, and on the way out, I, I was low on fuel. So in the next town, I went to get gas, and I have very heavily tinted windows so they won't see foreigners because it's just wisdom. And I went to the gas station, and I, I have a gasoline engine vehicle, and many of the large vehicles there run on diesel. And I told the, the, the young man at the, it's full service there, that you can't touch the pump. And thankfully, I didn't want to touch the pump because I didn't want people to see me. So I, I'm like, please put unleaded in my vehicle, and he put diesel in my, in my vehicle. So my vehicle got the family safely to their home church. I got them there, and it was running okay. And then after I delivered them to their home in Baganga, my vehicle began to run really terribly. And it took me actually, it should have taken me about six hours to, to get home, and I had to stop the, for the night in a remote place because it wasn't going very well. It was running like a chicka chicka chicka. It was just, and I didn't know what's wrong. I'm not a mechanic. I didn't know I had diesel in my engine. I don't know why it's running terrible. And, and it overheated. On the way home, I, I blew, okay, I don't have any mechanical gifting, really. God has blessed me with the ability to go, but I don't have that, you know, engineer mind like you guys. Some of you guys are brilliant. I blew my radiator hose off in the jungle by myself, and thankfully I had tools, and I, God gave me wisdom on how to, you know, cut off the part that melted and, you know, put it, put it back on, and, but I had no water. I'm in the jungle, so I had to hike down the mountain. I'm down, I go down the mountain, I, I have to draw water out of the river, bring it back up. There's old ladies down there washing their clothes in the river. It was awesome. I was trying not to be seen. You know, I'm trying to like hide, wear my jacket, put my baseball cap real low on my face so they can't see I'm a foreigner because I'm thinking, you know, what if they see me? You know, I don't need this right now. I'm stuck. I'm a sitting duck. And I really thought like, Lord, help me get home to my family. I, I really, I really just want to get home to my family right now. I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm pretty fearless, but I was starting to get afraid. I'm stranded in the jungle, just, just escaped some guys, armed men. I'm going, God, I really want to get home. I want to, and I'm thankful to be here. Because there's, 
it could have gone the other way, guys. You might be inspired not by my life, but, you know, I, yeah, I know there's people that are, inspire people by dying for Jesus. I, I, I want to inspire people by living for Jesus. So, <laughs> so <laughs> and I'm going to live a long life for the name of Jesus. And I did get home eventually, hallelujah. But after, after blowing the, you know, head on the vehicle, I got home. So um, it was blowing smoke, but thank God that thing got me home and saved my life. You know, thank God, I, I won't say anything bad about Ford ever again. So, um, <laughs> Don't be ashamed of what God's given you. You know, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to survive. But we are not just called to survive. Romans 8.37, it says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are not just going to have the Holy Spirit to survive. We're, we have the Holy Spirit to be more than conquerors, to take the gospel to the world, reach people for Jesus, see signs, wonders, and miracles. And you know what? Many people would have never gone back there. But I've been back there two times since then at the same place. <laughs> I am not going to stop doing what God called me to do because I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I will not stop going. I'm going to keep going no matter what. So keep praying for me and help me go. Matthew 10.8. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. In Mark 8, 34 through 38, it says, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does a profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Which one are you going to be? Are you going to be ashamed of the gospel? Or are you going to give your life for the gospel? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16 again. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. We need to go forth in signs, wonders, and miracles and bring the power, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit with us. We must go and preach the word of God and do the work. We have met much work to do. The harvest is so plentiful. The harvest is so plentiful. I'm thankful to be one of the workers, but... There's just a few of us out there. We need you too. <laughs> please come, please come and share in the miracles. Be part of it. If you can't go, send, but don't just let that be your excuse. Send us, yes, but go with us. We need you. I just want to just pray that God will impart his dunamis power to you before I give it back to your pastor. How many of you would like to have more dunamis power in your life? Would you just maybe stand with me and I'll just pray or bless, I'll just release the dunamis power to you that God will impart it to you. And many times when you receive the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit, many times the first thing that you'll happen to you, you'll begin to pray in tongues for the first time. Maybe that will happen. If, if you're believing God for that, I, we, that's another teaching we can do later, but maybe you'll start to pray in a new language. That's totally of God. That, that, that's in the Bible. It's of the Holy Spirit. And right now, just lift your hands to heaven. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your dunamis power. I pray you would just impart 
and let, let everyone here receive the power to be your witnesses. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I just impart the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit to each and every person here. Lord, your word says to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray you just fill them with the Holy Spirit. Fill them with your power so they will go and not be ashamed, that they will walk in power and might and authority. We thank you, Lord. Release your presence and your power to each and every one here. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing your power here. You're the same God on the day of Pentecost. You're here today. Fill everybody in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, with that power. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just power in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.